0: Friends, welcome to another episode of Making Disciples. It's so good to have you with me today. How are you doing? How is life treating you? I hope you are doing well. The weather's been weird, hasn't it? One minute it's hot, next minute it's cold. It's been really strange. I feel like it's a really strange season uh, at the moment, but summer is fast approaching. Now, a couple of things before we jump into today's episode. Uh, Number one. If you've not already picked up a copy of the Bible Book by Book, then you can still do that. There's a link in the show notes. But I've had a second book out this season called Restore, Renew, Rebuild, looking at how we rebuild our lives, the church post-pandemic. You might want to pick up a copy of that. Love you to be uh, reading both of those books. Um, you know, when you write a book as a as an author, it's really awkward because you write it because you believe you've got something to share, and then once it's published, it's really embarrassing to mention your own books. So there you go, a couple of books you might wanna, you want to you might want to pick up. If you are new to the podcast, really warm welcome to you. Make sure that you are subscribed so you get each week's episode uh, automatically downloaded. Uh, welcome to you if you are one of the hundreds of new subscribers that we've picked up over Easter. You are very warmly welcome uh, with us today. One of the ways that you might like to support the podcast is buy me a coffee. You'll see in the show notes there's a link to buy me a coffee. I often sit preparing on a Monday morning writing the following week's podcast episode. Uh, I do so with a cup of coffee sat in my local coffee shop and I sit there just preparing, praying, preparing uh, for the, the next week's podcast, you can sponsor that cup of coffee uh, that I drink in preparation. Uh, so if you want to do that, you could simply click on the link, buy me a coffee, and you can do very much that. You buy me a coffee, and then I can uh, drink that happily and think of you while I'm preparing the next episode. Now, friends, today I am going to do a little series called What If We Knew What God Knows About Us. Now a number of years ago I had a book published called What If We Knew What God Knows About Us and that book has kind of resurfaced recently. A number of podcast listeners uh, have picked up copies of that book. They found that book and are now reading it What If We Knew What God Knows About Us and it's kind of made me go back to my original preaching notes. So that book came off a preaching series that I had done called What If We Knew What God Knows About Us. And it gone so well, it made me write a book. So it's made me go back to my old preaching notes from the crafting of that book. And I've looked at them and go, Do you know what this is this is still Really important for us as the church to know who we are in Jesus Christ. So, what I thought was, I'd go back to my early preaching notes on that series, and we'd do a number of episodes on "What if we knew what God knows about us?" So, I really hope you find this inspiring and equipping. Uh, if you do, give this podcast a share. If you think it's really great and it blows your mind or opens something up for you for the first time, give it a share. Drop it into your Facebook, drop it onto Instagram, whatever you use, your Twitter. Just let people know that these episodes are out there. So friends, let's jump in as we explore this little series on what if we knew what God knows about us. So what if we knew what God knows about us? What a title, what if we knew what God knows about us? It seems to me that most of us make decisions in our lives out of what we think we know about ourselves. Those decisions that we make and the way that we live our lives flows out of how you see yourself. And depending on how you see yourself may change the decisions that you make If you think very highly of yourself, then you may make decisions that are beyond really what is reality. If you think really low of yourself, you may make decisions uh, playing into the, I don't deserve this, I'm not worthy of this, I can't do this. So you you choose to live your life and make decisions out of how you see yourself in the world and your position in the world. That's called the earthly perspective. Okay, imagine that as your earthly perspective. Then imagine that there's a heavenly perspective. This heavenly perspective is what God sees about you. And how God sees you could well be and as we find out in these episodes it that is very different to how we see ourselves. God's heavenly perspective is very different and because that's very different we may if we understood how God sees us may make different choices in our lives. We may make decisions that reflect differently because of what we know God knows about us. So in this little series, we're going to be exploring, and this comes from the book, What If We Knew What God Knows About Us. What we're exploring is what we know governs what we do. What we know about ourselves will govern what we do. And if we were to only know what God knows about us, that may change what we do. So, I'll give you just a little example. I have a a friend of mine, and she has been in one long term relationship that is uh, a very sad story. It's a a broken marriage. She has now ended up in another relationship with somebody else, and that relationship isn't that much better. Both the partners uh, make bad decisions all the time. But when you talk to her she thinks she will she doesn't deserve anyone better than what she's got she doesn't think that she can make better choices for her lives because this is just her lot in life this is what my life is like so this is kind of what happens to me but actually uh, she's making choices out of how she sees herself she's choosing partners that in some ways uh, are really a representation of what she thinks she deserves And God has a different vision of her. So we're exploring what is this God vision that that God has for our lives. I want to just tell you two stories as we start today. The first, I want to tell you a story about an eagle who thought that he was a chicken. See, friends, one day once there was a farmer in a very remote valley. And his farmer decides it's his day off and he needs a break. So he decides he's going to pack his bag and he's going to go for a walk. And he's going to go climbing the cliffs. And he's going to go high up into the mountains. And he's going to go investigating for his day off. And while he's climbing this cliff, he eventually comes across this ledge. The ledge is kind of overlooking the valley uh, where his farm is. And there on the cliff... He's just totally amazed because he can see this tree just below him. And in the tree is a very large nest. And this nest is filled full of eggs. Or at least there's a number of eggs in this nest. And immediately he looks at it and realises this is an eagle's nest and these are eagle eggs. So he decides, illegally of course, that he's going to go and take one of these eggs out of the nest. So he climbs down, he takes an egg out of the nest, and he puts the egg into his backpack. It's getting quite late in the day, so he decides he's not going to go any higher, but he's going to make his way home. So the farmer ends up making his way down from the mountain with the eagle's egg in his rucksack. And when he gets home, he's a chicken farmer. It's one of the things that he breeds is chickens. And he goes to where the chickens are, and he decides to put this egg... In uh, the mother hen, in uh, in in her, in her um, chickens coop—that's the word I'm looking for—chicken coop. So he goes and puts the egg uh, with the mother hen in the chicken coop, and the mother hen sits on this egg, and she sits on top of this magnificently large egg compared to all the others, and she's so proud of this egg that she sat on. A number of weeks go by. And eventually, out of this egg emerges a fine, healthy baby eagle. So this little eagle starts being brought up by his mum, who was a chicken. And this little eagle is brought up with other brothers and sister chickens. And spends his day going around the chicken coop with all his brothers and sisters and he gets raised as this little chicken but of course out of all the chickens he's the most majestic of all of these birds but as far as he's concerned he's a chicken so the eagle grew up with these brothers and sisters as chicks and Learned to do all the things that chickens do so he clucks and he clacks and he scratches in the dirt uh, eats the worms flaps his wings furiously and he flies around just a few feet off the ground you know every few feet kind of crashing back into the ground like, like a chicken would do and this eagle believed absolutely that he was a chicken one day much later in life the eagle who thought he was a chicken appeared to look up into the sky and right above his head saw him majestically and effortlessly um, was another bird and this bird with a single beat of its wings was so powerful that he would just fly with such ease and the eagle looks up and sees the bird in the sky and he knows automatically this beautiful powerful bird in the sky it was an eagle And he's there looking at the bird and another chicken comes over and says, yes, the eagle, that's the king of the birds. It's the bird of the air, not like us. We're chickens. We're chickens of the earth. And with that, the eagle and his little brothers and sisters continue to peck in the dirt as chickens. So it was, friends, that the eagle lived and eventually died a chicken because that bird believed in itself that it was a chicken. I want to tell you another story. I want to to tell you the story of Miria Chapman, who now lives in Bradford. You can Google this lady. It's quite an incredible story. She was born and grew up in the South American village, right on the edge of the jungle. And one day she's playing in the garden, and a group of men come, and they put a sack on her head and kidnap her and take her into the South... Uh, American jungle never really understood why this happened but she goes into the Colombian jungle and eventually uh, she's crying uh, bag over her head and eventually there's an incident she can't see it because she's got the bag on her head but there's an incident and the vehicle stops there's a lot of shouting there's gunfire eventually the girl is removed from the back of the jeep and dumped on the floor and there's more of a ruckus and eventually both of the vehicles drive off So the girl is left with her hands tied behind her back with her sack over her head and she sat underneath is a tree, sobbing and screaming for her life. Eventually she's able to shake the sack off her head and she sits there and there is absolutely nobody around. She doesn't have a clue where she she is. At this point she's about five years old. And this little girl sits there and she just looks over and she sees this group of uh, short Cappadocian monkeys. And a group of monkeys come over and they start scratching at her. They start playing with her, tugging her hair. And they kind of pulling her about. Eventually, she gets her hands free. So she's able to fight them off uh, a little bit. But the monkeys essentially get get bored with her. So they kind of trot away. Now the little girl sits there. She has nowhere to go. She's got no adult around. There doesn't seem to be any human being uh, in any sight. So she ends up going off with the monkeys. And for a period of what we think is somewhere between five or six or seven years, this young girl uh, lives with this group of Cappadocia monkeys. She grows up in a tree. She learns how to pick the nits off other monkeys' bodies and eat them. She eats the fruit and the vegetables of what uh, the monkeys would find. And she grows up making all of the noises and sounds that the other monkeys made. She even learnt to walk and swing like a monkey so for five years she lives and grows up with this group of cappadocian monkeys now one day she's out in the jungle and she's going uh, through looking for food and she comes across something that she's never ever seen before and on the floor is a little broken piece of mirror and when she looks in the mirror she she sees his face looking back at her and she looks at the face and realizes the face looking back at her looks nothing like the other Monkeys. She's never seen anything like this. She doesn't have a clue at what this is looking back at her, but she knows that she's not like the monkeys. She's sat in her tree and she's got this piece of mirror and she's recognizing that she looks nothing like any of the other monkeys that are around. So she starts to question her identity. Eventually, one day, she hears noise and a group of hunters come. Uh, through uh, the jungle and as she looks down at these hunters she realizes that the hunters look like her she looks like them so whatever they are she's like them the hunters spot her and eventually get her down from the tree now her story isn't uh, one that ends there she ends up being sold into sex uh, trade Uh, eventually she's set free from that and so she has this quite traumatic story But what's really interesting in this story is until the point she saw the mirror she believed with all of her heart that she was a monkey like the monkeys that were around her the jungle had formed her to think of herself as a monkey So our environments can shape and form us, can't they? Uh, The family that we get brought up in, the region of a particular country that we get brought up in. You know, if you're northern or southern, that can shape the culture around you. Our culture shape and form us to think about ourselves in a particular way. And here you have the eagle who thought he was a chicken and the girl that she thinks that she's a monkey what we believe about ourselves will determine what we do with ourselves so if we think we're a chicken then we're not going to fly like the eagle even though that's actually how we are designed to be you know that beautiful story of the eagle and the chick the eagle could have flown but it stays on the ground like a chicken because that's all the eagle thinks he is a girl who actually was designed to be a human being but actually sees herself as a monkey what we think about ourselves will determine what we do with ourselves and the danger is that we can make bad decisions on information that is just not true about ourselves. The the evil one, the devil, essentially loves to trick us to think so little of ourselves that we don't value ourselves or see any good that could possibly come of ourselves. Now, some of us don't even need the devil to trick us into thinking bad of of ourselves. Some of us, we are so broken that we harm ourselves anyway. We don't need anybody else to do it for us. You know, I, I have dyslexia. And for a long time at school, I was told that I was thick. I was stupid. I couldn't spell. You're an idiot. Nothing good will come of you, Chris, because you're dyslexic. So these things that people say to us can become like recurring tapes in our minds that just play around and play around and play around as you have this deformed idea of yourself. So you don't always have to have the devil whispering untruths in your ear. Some of us whisper our own untruths, but... Ultimately, we end up in a place where we as human beings don't think as highly of ourselves and therefore make bad decisions. So what if we knew what God knows about us rather than what we think we know about ourselves? Let's just look at the Bible for a second. So 2 Corinthians 5 verses 14 to 17 is really interesting to, to take a, a little read over. Uh, but in this passage, it says this. If anybody is in Christ Jesus, they are a new Creation: The old is gone and the new has come. So when we step into knowing Jesus and knowing that Jesus is Lord, we then are becoming new creations. The word new there in the Greek in that passage is the word kainos. And it literally translates as renewed. So if anybody is in Christ Jesus, he's a renewed creation. The old is gone and the new has come. So as a disciple of Jesus, we get to step into what God knows about us rather than the twisted old ideas that we might have of ourselves if God wasn't a part of our lives. We can be new creations, friends, whilst at the same time behave as if we're old creations. There's a danger for some of us that God is telling us that you are a new creation. The old has gone. Don't walk that old path, but you end up walking that old path because you still can't believe uh, what scripture tells you about yourself to be true. A little story uh, for you. Um, I find... I love i used to collect t-shirts i used to have i have a lot of t-shirts a lot of my t-shirts uh, represent seasons in my life a particular gig t-shirt that i bought when i saw counting crows in 1997 or when i went and saw bottom live you know i'd buy t-shirts when i went to see comedy performances um so t-shirts often for me represent seasons in my life and I dug out an old black sack recently and I'm going through this black sack of old t-shirts and I came across this old Star Wars t-shirt oh my gosh this Star Wars t-shirt came from 1997 when Star Wars episode one came out and a friend of mine had been I think to Japan is where it came from and whilst in Japan they bought me this Star Wars t-shirt and I love this Star Wars T-shirt. Eventually, the Star Wars T-shirt went into the black sack and then became this sack of memories. And I was digging through it, and I found this this Star Wars T-shirt, and my gosh, I was like, I love it! I've forgotten about this T-shirt. And I put this T-shirt on, and the T-shirt was a medium. Friends, I ain't been a medium for many years. I I wear large, but really, extra large would be the perfect fit. So, wearing this medium T-shirt, and the t t-shirt was way too small. I was wearing my old self. I was a kid then when I had that t-shirt. I wasn't grown up. Uh, I was uh, about 16, 17 years old at that point in time. We can try to wear clothes from our old lifestyle and then we wonder why we aren't getting on very well in life. Uh, Some things don't fit anymore. There are attitudes and behaviours that don't fit us anymore because we're now new creations. And there's a danger that rather than walking in being the new creation that God has made us in, we start to try and wear the old clothing again because it fits, or we think it fits, or it feels comfortable even if it's too small for us. Friends, we are new creations because of the resurrection. The resurrection of Jesus transforms us and it renews us, it kynoses us, it changes us, it forms us into something different. There's a danger that some of us determine our future by our past failures rather than heaven's potential for our lives. The resurrection is heaven's potential and Jesus is wanting to do a new thing in each of us. And we need to walk in the new thing. We need to be clothed in the new thing. Not keep wearing the old clothing from years ago. So, friends, our identity is determined by how we view and think about ourselves. Identity, it forms what we think about our purpose in life. Uh, what's our passions in life what's our significance in life and what are our relationships in life Jesus wants to form your identity so that your identity can form your purpose your passions your significance and your relationships. Don't let your old self determine those things but allow God, and his view of you what he knows about you to form your purpose your passions your significance and your relationships let's keep this moving shall we what we think therefore about ourselves changes the decisions that we may make going forwards if we think we're worthless if we think we're giftless if we think we're insignificant if we are surrounded by what we see as broken relationships very quickly, uh, those things will determine what you do for your life going forwards. And let's be honest with each other here. Most of us will think we are mediocre when it comes to gifting, mediocre in worth, and we think we're surrounded by mediocre relationships Uh, that we're mediocre when it comes to intelligence, mediocre when it comes to looks, uh, mediocre to our academic abilities. Therefore, we make mediocre decisions in our lives. And friends, we need to take off our old selves. We need to take off our old ways of thinking. We need to take off the old patterns of behavior And we need to allow these things to be renewed by the resurrection and be shaped by what God knows about us. And it's only then, friends, can we walk and live as new creations by putting on the new identity that is found in Jesus. So question for you, where is your identity right now coming from? who is it that forms your identity? Who is it that shaped how you see yourself? What is the source of how you perceive yourself to be? What is the source of what you perceive to be your identity? Because this is really important because this will change how you can move forwards. If you're shaping your identity, from magazines or television or the voice of others, you will have a different future to if you are being formed around what God has to say about you. And in that 2 Corinthians 5 passage that I mentioned earlier in verse 19, it says this, We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, although God, uh, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God. It's really important that we get this right, friends, because many of us are drifting through life as if we have no significance. But friends, God has a heavenly significance in your life because of what God has done, because of what Jesus has done on the cross. He is wanting us to become his ambassadors an ambassador is more than simply being a representative of a state or a people or a nation. An ambassador is somebody who embodies the nation or the state that they come from. So a a British ambassador is somebody who's in another country, in a foreign land, but they get to embody the British state. Uh, They get to enforce the will of Britain in the country that they're in and they get to speak with the authority of the kingdom that they're from so an ambassador of britain that's in america gets to speak uh, as a representative of parliament and, and as of the queen they get to speak on their behalf you and i jesus died so that we might become ambassadors for him so when you open your mouth uh what should come out is uh, the authority of of what Jesus wants to say uh, in a foreign land uh, through you as his ambassador. Friends, we are all ambassadors of something. The question is, are we actually an ambassador of him? Are we an ambassador of Jesus? So what if we knew what God knows about us? Well, if we knew what God knows about us, we would know heaven's perspective on our life. And the impact of that would be our future looks different because it's determined by that reality rather than what we perceive to be our reality. And because we have this heaven's reality, we start to walk as ambassadors of King Jesus in the world. So the question that we need to ask ourselves as I come down to land is this. Are we willing to see ourselves as the king sees us from the heavenly perspective, are we going to keep wearing the old out-of-date garments that make no sense for us anymore? Or are we going to put on some new garments and walk in all that God has for us? So friends, what is it the Lord has for you? What is it that God knows about you? Well, he knows a whole load of things to be true and over the coming weeks we're going to express and explore what some of those things are but what if we knew what God knows about us it may change your future it may change the decisions you have in relationships it may change your decision on where you live it may change uh, uh, what job you're in or what you do for your future career Uh, it may change who you invest your time in Uh, people that you might want to spend time with. So what heaven knows about you may change the landscape around you as you see the world around you differently in light of what he knows about you. Friends, I'm going to leave it there for right now. We're going to keep exploring this over the coming weeks. Uh, But let me just pray for us. Heavenly Father, you know things about us that we don't know about ourselves. Reveal to us what you know to be true in Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, I hope you find that inspiring for your life. Until next time, grace and peace and have a great week.